Would you like to give a shout out to your dad for my new show? Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, dad, keep flying high. Love ya. G'day, dad. G'day to my old man. G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Who is in heaven? Hi, dad. Do you want to say hi to your dad? Hi, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Thanks for everything, dad. Hi, dad. Hello, pop. Happy birthday, dad. Hi, dad. How's it going, dad? Thanks, dad. Hello, papa. Oi, Javi, old bastard. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, I, I love you. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hi, dad. Where the hell are you? G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Guess what? Massive news. This very show, we hit double figures. Speaking of figures, Fada Figures is the name of the program. And as always, you're tuned to Sin Nation. Yes, tonight's the night. It's the 10th episode. So welcome to a very special show celebrating the big one zero. I'm Victor and I'm excited to be with all you marvellous listeners for another wonderful episode. It's a slightly different tact and an interesting theme for the milestone. It's going to be all about non-dads deciding not to be a dad, voluntary or involuntary. This evening is all about childless or child-free men. I'll be speaking to two guests about why they aren't dads and if they have any regrets. I'll also talk with Dr Bronwyn Harmon, who studies social responses to childless couples. We'll debunk some common myths, discuss how accepting society is of people's decisions to become child-free and talk about the future demographics of Australian households. More on that later. As always, I'd like to mention the show is podcasted every week and if you ever miss an episode or just want to show father figures to a friend or your dad, please jump on Facebook, sin.org.au or iTunes and search father figures. Last week was a really engaging and fascinating look at adopting dads. There were three different stories. One dad was both an adoptive and biological dad. Another guest spoke about her experiences as an adopted kid during Australia's adoption boom in the 60s. And I learned about the dangers of unethical institutionalisation in developing countries to support the growth of orphan tourism. I also discussed a gorilla that knows sign language and adopts kittens. It was a lot of fun and very insightful. And briefly, something that caught my eye during the week about adoption... Australian not-for-profit organisation Adopt Change released a Barriers to Adoption research paper outlining the difficulties that parents wanting to adopt within Australia can face. Herald Sun's typically dramatic headline read, You're too fat to adopt. Father Figures doesn't shy away from the drama, though. And yes, according to this report, body mass index is one factor that is used to reject local adoption. Adopt Change CEO says the criteria of body mass index was just bizarre. The Herald Sun reported a few cases of people being refused adoption because of their weight. One 25-year-old mum even underwent gastric sleeve surgery to meet the requirements and adopt a child. Hmm. Anyway, you can check out last week's episode to learn more about adopting dads. And luckily, BMI isn't something us radio hosts have to care about. Now, tonight... This is a dad-free episode because, as you should all know, I'm not a dad and obviously our deciding not to be a dad theme didn't really constitute 
having any dads on the show. But fear not. Father Figures will be concluding with Dad Joke of the Week, a dadism, and some dorky dad fashion. And our guests will be helping me with that. Don't you worry. And before I crack into dad news, I have a very exciting announcement. A first for Father Figures. Because it is the 10th episode, and I love you all, I'm running a little competition. Everyone who reviews the show before the last episode which is sadly creeping up, will go in the running to win a classic prize. This is the world's greatest farter mug, a welcome addition to any household and a true classic piece of merchandise. Get reviewing on iTunes and stay tuned over at facebook.com slash figures for more details. The deadline is the 3rd of October. At this stage, I can neither confirm nor deny whether positive reviews will help your chances. Use your common sense on that on that one. But hey, honesty is also appreciated if you honestly enjoy the show, that is. Now, what's happening in the world of dads? Your TV program, my life is Dad news! Dad news! It's time for Dads in the News. First off, in Dad news, and I think this applies to any parent. Scientists believe they may have found the answer to getting your kids to eat more veggies. And this one is the mum's responsibility, not the dad's. So we've probably all heard about the benefits of breastfeeding, but evidently breastfeeding can now also help kids eat their greens. If the mothers have lots of vegetables in their diets whilst they are breastfeeding and subsequently in their milk, their children are much less likely to turn up their noses at vegetables when they're older. The results were published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition and the researchers got new mothers to drink beetroot, celery or carrot juice and track the infant's eating habits. Babies with veg-flavoured breast milk were much less likely to reject vegetables when they were served up as solid food. Moral of the story, everyone should be eating vegetables and dads should keep drinking pineapple juice. We've had prominent, powerful world leaders before in our Dad News Bulletin. And last week I outlined somewhat of a royal family setup of dad power in North Korea. And this time in England, a father has accompanied his son to his first day of school. So, what's so special about that? Well, the dad is Prince William and the young boy going to school is a future king of England, Prince George. It was a just a father-son combo on the emotional first day of school. Prince George's mother had to stay home with morning sickness as she prepares to give birth to a third royal. I can confirm there were no tears. I've seen the footage. Man, Dad William drove George to school in the family Range Rover, pretty classic, and arrived in front of the press just in case poor George wasn't already nervous enough about his first day of school. The school costs over £17,000 a year, which for me is a big fee for a four-year-old's education. Have a listen to what Prince Charles thought about his grandson's first day of school. Your grandson had his first day of school yeah. today. Did you give him any advice? <laughs> of course not. He wouldn't take it from me, I don't think, at that age. No, but I was interested to hear how he, how he got on. Because he's at that age, 
you don't worry quite so much about going to school as you do when you get a bit older. It's that business of meeting new people and wondering, you know. It's being left there to have to get on with it when the parents go away is always the problem. It's good for you in the end, I suppose. It's character building, I suppose. School's in the air for Prince. Oh, and the uh, moccasin-style shoes young George wore on his first day. Well, they've been found online and sold out in hours. Some real royal stalkers out there. On to dads in sport, and we're focusing on two sons and their fathers. In another first for father figures, father figures and dad news, we look at the world game, or as us Melburnians call it, soccer. The powerhouse Spanish club and second most valuable sports team in the world, Barcelona, is yet to sign two of its biggest players at the beginning of the new Spanish La Liga season. Superstars Lionel Messi and Andre Iniesta are coming out of contract and are rumoured to be on the move. But both their dads have squashed the rumours. Messi's dad, and his dad is also his manager, has signed a four-year contract and says his son is not leaving Barcelona. But Messi himself is yet to put pen to paper and rumours continue to circulate him about exiting the club. And Barcelona's other champion, Andre Iniesta, has also had his dad talking in the media, insisting he is staying at the club. Iniesta's dad spoke to a Spanish TV network, saying he speaks to his son every day and he is not wearing any other jersey than a Barcelona one. For Barcelona's sake, let's hope these dads are right about their illustrious kids. Now, that's it for dad news and our first bit of music before we get stuck into tonight's theme. And I think this track leads in nicely. On Father Figures, I like to... Farta? I've stuffed that up twice already. On Farta Figures, I like to serenade all my listeners with dad-related melodies. And this song does come from a dad who has had two kids and three stepkids. His father was also a famous percussionist. Harry Chapin, ladies and gentlemen. His number one hit, Cats in the Cradle, is about a bad father-son relationship. But tonight, I'm not going to play that. I'm going to play his song, Woman Child. It's about a teenage girl who gets pregnant with an older man and has an abortion with his money. Definitely check out the electric guitar on this. So, for the man who sings about bad dads, I'll get one of the worst dads, Darth Vader himself, to endorse the show before the music. Hi. This is Luke's father. And you're listening to Vata Figures on Sin Nation. and darkened buildings wandering head hung down low as she's walking she can't help wondering does her mama know where will she go Teddy 
Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. Chapman with Woman Child. It's a pleasure to have you back listening to Fata Figures on Sin Nation. I think the deep dulcet tones, you don't have to worry about no offspring, led me to playing that song because tonight is all about deciding not to be a dad. A different topic for our 10th episode, but I think it's a pretty large representation of men in society. So, why aren't people dads? There are tons of reasons. You know, some people don't have a choice, some people don't want kids, some people don't like children, and sometimes it just doesn't work out and all of a sudden it's too late. I think that is an important point. There are just so many different factors for people not becoming parents. Men can be child-free, which means they have voluntarily chose not to become dads, or men can be childless, which means for a wide variety of reasons, they involuntarily can't have kids. If you can't have children because of factors such as your sexual orientation or fertility issues, of course, there is things like foster care or adoption, some issues and approaches I have previously discussed on father figures. Another essential thing to understand, being a dad or a mum is a huge permanent life decision. And therefore, becoming a father is an option. To begin, let's crunch some numbers and have a look at some statistics because they're actually pretty surprising. Some countries' populations are in decline. Japan's populace is decreasing and we see the same happening in other Eastern European countries. And that's basically because they're not having enough babies. In 2006, the Japanese National Institute of Population and Social Security Research predicted by the end of the present century, population would decline to around 50 million in Japan. And check this, by the end of the year 3000, just 62 people would be living in Japan. Not that it would matter because we'll all be underwater or on Mars by then. In Australia, on home soil, our population is growing and ageing but we're also seeing an increase in households without children. The Australian Bureau of Statistics estimates between the years 2023 and 2029, there will be more people in a relationship without children than living in a family with kids. So soon, childish couples may be the norm. Childless, not childish. No, it's childless couples. But society still needs young generations to come through and support the economy and look after the elderly. It is hard to fathom because, like I've previously said, there will be 35 Australian babies born during one Father Figures episode. But childish, childless men and women are certainly on the rise. Melbourne Uni Household Income and Labour Dynamics Survey show statistics that in 2014, over half a million men over the age of 45 aren't dads. 
let's just put that in perspective. That's about 13% of men above 45 years old in Australia who don't have kids. Overall, though, there isn't a heap of research about men who aren't dads. One interesting piece of work I did discover came from Dr. Robin Hadley at Manchester University. He researched 232 people and found that men and women women had roughly a similar desire to have children. But what really took my interest in his study was that he found men who were involuntarily childless seemed to be more depressed and angry than women in the same situation. The men felt uncomfortable trying to seek out situations in which they could interact with children and often felt like they could be perceived as pedophiles. As for me, not being a dad, is this a theme I can relate to? Honestly, I still feel I'm in the too young category, the not mature enough, too poor, single, can't even look after myself category. However, I do believe there is still the perception that the social norm is to settle down and have kids. I've invited some guests on to help me and you understand it further, the first being Brett. Brett is an old employee and a good friend. I quiz him how he ended up not being a dad. Does he have any regrets? And is he worried about who's going to look after him when he gets older? Have a listen. Oh, look, it hasn't been a plan. There was nothing deliberate or otherwise in not having children. It was really just myself and my partner. There is something of a chronological gap between the two of us. And by the time we were together long enough to sort of think maybe it's time to start um, a family, it was a little late, biologically speaking. So I think, you know, I, I relate to what Julia Gillard said when some little girl in front of the media asked her, why don't you have children? She said it wasn't one decision not to have children. It was probably a whole lot of little decisions which add up to not having children. So I'm certainly not someone who never planned to have a kid or was anti-kid. It just circumstances fell that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, any regrets? Yes, regrets. Absolutely. Yes, I would say yes, to be honest. I mean, I'm a bit of a, a, a... I have a foot in each camp. I really like not having children in some aspects. But overall, ultimately, I think you're sort of missing out on a rather large and significant part of the human experience if you don't have kids. I mean, it's uh, surely the most important fundamental purpose to have a family and raise a family. And I think if you don't have kids, you don't expose yourself to so much of life, um, both good and bad, that in the end, I think you're not quite as well-rounded as you would be otherwise. So it pains me to admit it. But yeah, I think overall, you end up being less well-rounded and less of a grown-up if you don't have kids. And uh, any relatives to keep the um, Dehut family bloodline going along? Well, we are running short on Dehuts because we're a small family to begin with. There's only myself and my sister. And she has only one child, a daughter, and I have none. And look, it sounds ridiculous, but actually occasionally you do think to yourself, oh, look, it would be nice to um, to be continuing some family traditions and bloodline and maybe even, heaven forbid, have someone miss you a little bit when you die. <laughs> but um, that is not going to be the case here. So it changes, you know, it changes how you see the future and it changes how you live the present as well, I must say. It is, I don't think it's a small thing to not have kids, actually. As I get older, I realise it is actually a bit of a big deal to not have kids or to have kids. Mm, mm. And and how important is it for you to have lots of other hobbies and, and be passionate about your work sort of to, you know, consume you a bit as well? 
I think not having kids enabled me to become a real career person. And I have been a career person for most of my adult life, all my adult life, more than most people, and build a business and, and, and develop interests and pursue whatever I might be interested in, either long-term or just for that evening. You know, I can read all sorts of Wikipedia articles about Dunkirk after seeing the movie Dunkirk because I don't have to pick up kids or put them to bed or bath them or whatever. And, and long-scale interests can be pursued as well. But ultimately, I think most, I'm guessing, I'm guessing most people who don't have kids and do pursue career end up at some stage thinking, hmm, this career thing's been going on for 20 years now. It's kind of plateaued. You know, my interest and passion is sort of plateaued. And in the end, the career isn't going to attend family lunches with you or, you know, worry about you or, you know, celebrate with you in the same way as a human being can. So I think it does enable you to pursue your career great, to a greater degree, particularly if you're a woman. But at the same time, you know, I think careers sort of peter out in a way, hopefully, that families don't. Yeah. And, and do you ever feel sort of pressured by society or your friends, you know, felt left out, the fact that you, with the situation that meant you, you don't have any kids and you're not a dad? I was very lucky. My parents are Sri Lankan and, and fairly traditional people, and they only had two children, but family was absolutely the absolute fundamental core of their being and still is, and they're aged 82 and 79. Uh, but they were modern enough not to pressure my sister or I to have kids or to get married. Um, and it's amazing, really, from I'm thinking of my aunties and uncles, all very family-orientated, traditional, church-going family-making people, their kids have barely created many offspring at all. There are more kids than there are uh, grandkids, I think. And I think that's just the way the generations have gone. You know, people haven't followed in those pathways. But I must say, I reckon not having a kid is a great advantage in many ways, financially, sleep-wise, sex-life-wise, um, freedom, travel, you know, career, all these good things. But you still know that you're not quite the mainstream. You know, when you hear politicians talk or, you know, you see certain advertisements or movies, I mean, that's fine. I don't feel discriminated against at all. But, yeah, you're not quite as mainstream as you might be. And, and all my friends have kids. So that certainly becomes a bit of a dividing line, those with kids and we're the only ones without. Mm -hmm. And you say that you do try and enjoy your... Um life not having kids by traveling and stuff like that is that sort of a pressure that you know your friends who do have kids sort of tell you do you hear that a lot oh you've got to you know go out and and live your life because us as parents can't do you get a bit of pressure like that or you just do well, it do I, I it anyway i love it anytime any of our friends and they've all got kids anytime any of our friends with kids say oh, you're so lucky, you're, you know, you're going away again, you're traveling and, you know, oh, you saw a movie last night, you saw a play last night, you went out to the comedy festival. I must confess, I love that. <laughs> I don't pretend otherwise. I love the fact that we can do stuff that other people can't. Um, but so, yes, we, I feel as if I have a responsibility to enjoy my freedom. Actually, I think that is true. Actually, I did sort of realize that this is a pretty unusual situation. No matter what the stats say, I think it is unusual. And it's to be taken advantage of. Just like if you had to find yourself with three kids, you better make the most of that situation as well. Because I think there's a lot of talk about, and I know you're talking to experts about it, um, you know, the number of childless households, but they aren't spread equally across the various demographics. There are certain 
parts of the community where most people do have kids. And to be honest, I would have been that, you know, a middle-class, heterosexual couple, you know, uh, with jobs and all the rest of it. And there was no reason why we wouldn't have kids, except we just didn't have them in the end. And I guess to finish, I guess, um, maybe some, you know, overall thoughts, whether you dwell on it a lot or, you know, whether you just try and, you know, accept that it, it is what it is and move on and, and keep enjoying your life as it is. Is that sort of how you approach it all, I guess? Yeah, look, it depends when you talk to me. There are times I will confess I'm staring at the ceiling at three in the morning thinking, oh, God, no kids, you know, how's this going to pan out? Especially as I care for my aging parents, I can very clearly see the role that kids, adult children in their middle age take, the role they have in looking after their aging parents. And I must confess I'm pretty terrified at the thought of not having anyone looking after my back um, as I get older. That's, you know, that's not good. And I do think there is a time where you have enough holidays and you have enough hobbies and you've seen enough movies and you think, oh, you know, that's nice. But, you know, having kids would be more meaningful, a lot harder work, but more meaningful. And then seeing them as adults would be terrific. And sometimes I see really good relationships between parents and kids or adult kids. And I think that would be cool. That would be great. So I don't think it's a small thing not to have kids. And um, overall, I think it's this, you know, a better thing to do. But, uh, you, know, you know, right now I'm not feeling too anxious about it. But uh, who knows what the future brings. You know, I have my ups and downs. But that, that's life. Thanks, Brett. I think... Uh... Brett probably has some regrets, but is pretty accepting about his situation and is still enjoying his child-free lifestyle. So thank you. And our next dad, our next sorry, our next non-dad is Abhinandan, and he's completely sort of different uh, to Brett, which I think is great that we're playing them. So lifestyle choices can often mean you know becoming a dad and having children isn't suitable. And, and that's sort of what's happened to Abhinandan. He's interesting, happy and positive. And his story is, is fascinating about why he isn't a dad. And, and I'll let him tell you it. So um, I never really planned not to be a dad. It wasn't, you know, I think most of us growing up have that sense that being a father or having a family is the, the normal thing to do. And... Um, I guess it was just an unexpected and very beautiful change in life that took place when I was about 20 years old. I became very interested in meditation. I had a very deep sense that there had to be more to life. Perhaps I was leading a you know somewhat uninspiring life at the time, just you know rutted in you know bad habits, and I just wanted to. I didn't want life to pass me by, and I, I had had tr- experiences. Uh, a couple of years earlier traveling around Europe and seeing some very beautiful things and having a real sense that there was a lot of beauty in the world and as a 20 year old I thought look I really need to make the most of my life you know and I was in these sort of bad habits and I thought look I have to do some positive things and so I started running and I tidied my room and I got into yoga and I spent a whole I deferred uni for a year and I spent a whole year basically looking at you know different ways of living and that evolved into an interest in spirituality i found that very fascinating that that idea of you know well what is the meaning of life you know what what is our purpose you know what happens when we die and 
it seemed so relevant to me, these questions. I thought, here I am trying to improve my life, and yet I don't really understand what it is. So I had this conviction that there had to be more to life, and this was a great journey that led me to meditation, and I ultimately um, came across a spiritual teacher by the name of Sri Chinmoy, who advocated a very disciplined and, I guess, contemporary approach to spirituality, one where you still are part of the world, yet he definitely emphasized many of the traditional spiritual disciplines, like being vegetarian and um, not drinking or not smoking. And also, for many of his students, he advocated uh, celibacy. And this was not something I was, you know, I never planned to, you know, lead a celibate life. I had always thought that I would, you know, ultimately have a family. And yet I was very, very compelled to explore a little into this realm. It seemed like, it seemed, I guess, perhaps, it felt like it would be a shame not to at least try it for a little while. And to be honest, I thought, look, I'll maybe I'll try this for a couple of months and then I'll probably move on to something else. Yet, in many ways, to my surprise and also to my great uh, delight, I found there was a very beautiful way of life and, and a, a wonderful sense of love and sweetness and happiness that came from within through this m meditation and through these spiritual disciplines. And so as a 20-year-old, it was like this huge uh, change in direction, one that I hadn't anticipated, yet it just felt so right and felt so good that I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. And of course, you know, my friends and my family would say to me, oh, how long are you going to do this for? And I've, I've never projected into the future. I've never said, look, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But I've always had a practical approach in, in the sense that, well, it's still giving me joy and still giving me a sense of satisfaction. And so now, 14 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. So I guess, you know, not being a dad was something that I guess life has just evolved in that way. And look, who knows? I may not live this, you know, this way for the rest of my life, but still 14 years later, I'm very, very happy leading a life that is, um, I guess, very much focused around my meditation and, and spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I know a little bit about Sri Chimnoy, and I know it's not a religion, it's not a cult, it's not anything like that. Would you classify it as a lifestyle or, you know, a way of life or... I guess spirituality in its in its essence is very much an acceptance of life. And of course, you know, any spiritual group has a, you know, communities and there's different ways that different groups do things. For me, it's very much a way of life. It's what started out as this uh, interest in meditation and perhaps, you know, sitting still for half an hour a day or even, to be honest, initially maybe 10 minutes a day. It, I thought, oh, look, this might be an interesting part of my life. Yet, it was fascinating to see how that awareness that you cultivate through meditation, that sense of being in the moment, starts to permeate all the other aspects of your life. And so, whether that's, you know, walking the dog or washing the dishes or having a conversation with a friend, you, you find yourself very much in the moment and, and drawn increasingly into that awareness of, of focusing on the thing that you're doing and not projecting into the future and not dwelling on the past. And so, yeah, I guess for me, it, it very much 
is is my life and it's i guess i guess we're all looking for you know satisfaction and happiness and for me I, i've very much found it in in meditation and do you think your uh involvement with Sri Chinoy and, and that way of life could ever coincide with having a family and and being a dad yeah so look i i think for me um i have a, a very strong sense that the way my life feels very right at the moment there's not something there's not something missing and so i will just keep you know living in the same way um for the you know at least for the you know the, the immediate future and who knows life life does change down the down the tracks so I, I, ne- I never like to say oh look i'll i'll you know do this for the rest of my life and almost place a burden upon myself but i'm very i guess i'm just very happy living this way and so i can intend to you know continue mm. if it's not broken why fix it yeah, um, yeah and did you ever feel any pressures from i guess society friends or family um when you you know choosing to live a lifestyle i guess that is not the norm in society you know funnily enough not really um my father was never he saw i was very happy and so you know was i think any parent wants to see their child happy and and um and my mother passed away when i was 15 so you know maybe she would have wanted grandkids and maybe that she she might have you know that might have, might have been you know a bit of a confrontation i'm not sure it was something i never i never got to but um no i, I actually <clears throat> Yeah, my friends and family just saw us very happy and, and that it was a type of life that, whilst is perhaps not the norm, was one that was making me and continues to make me very happy. Hello, this is Sin National Radio. I'm Cedric, I'm age 92, and I'm Victor's dad's dad. Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. Godfather of Soul, James Brown with Papa Don't Take No Mess. Unfortunately, I couldn't play the full-length version, which is nearly 14 minutes long. Still, a great song about a dad not taking shit from anybody, I guess. We're well over halfway through Father Figures on Sin Nation. We've heard two guys talk about why they aren't dads and their reasons couldn't be more different. 
Our last guest tonight is Dr Bronwyn Harmon from Edith Cowan University in Perth. I ask her about her Australian-wide study into childlessness, social influences on families and how society perceives people without kids. Check it out. Firstly, could you just tell me a little bit about your the study you did in Australia about people who do not have kids? Okay, so I've done some research on people who don't have children. It's Australia-wide. This is an exploratory study to, to start off with. So what I was looking for was how people describe the way they don't have children, so it's for men and women. So I was looking at why men and women don't have children and how do they describe themselves. So do they describe themselves as child-free, people who don't want children at all and they have made a conscious, conscious, conscious choice about that, or people who are childless, so people who would like to have children but can't for whatever reason. This is the beginning of a study I'm doing over several years. Other things I'll be looking at is the well-being of people who don't have children and comparisons of uh, life satisfaction between people who do have children and people who don't have children, amongst other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and why did you decide to do the study? I initially did the study just out of interest, just to, um, well, my, my area of specialty is families and parenting studies. And I was asked often by media to comment on people who don't have children. So I didn't have any research on that. So I did a quick study, what I thought was a quick study, (laughs) on people who don't have children. And it got so much media interest that I thought, okay, I'll pick it up and make it an ongoing interest because obviously there are people who are very interested in this. And I think there are many people who don't have children for whatever reason whose voices have been silenced for by society, they're not able to express why they have children or why they don't. Have, sorry, why they don't have children, whether that's a choice or not. And it's really important that people have a voice for these sorts of issues, social issues, at all times. And do you think not having kids is viewed negatively in society, or society puts pressure on people to have kids? Yeah, from my research, I have heard from many, many people. It's about 500 people, 550 people all up so far. And most of them say that, yes, they do have a very negative um, feedback from other members of society, read parents. Uh, They are looked down upon very badly, women especially, but men also report this. And this is particularly true if they've chosen not to have children. For men who have chosen not to have children, it's less um, negative from society. They get labelled, you know, oh, he's just a lad and he'll grow up one day and those sorts of things. But as men age and it is revealed that they've chosen not to have children, they are viewed more negatively as well as as women. Mm-hmm. And, and why do you think this is? Just the, the way society is or... I think society doesn't understand it. So when I say society now, I'm talking about parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think people who with children don't understand why people don't have children. They don't understand the concept completely. I, I, um, I think it's the same as people who are intolerant of other things such as cultural difference or sexuality and those sorts of things. So I think it's people who don't just don't understand that there can be a view different to their own and a view different to their own can be equally as right as their own view. And, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but do, so do you think the stigma is, is different for men 
and women who decide not to have kids? From my research, yes, there is a stigma much more aligned to women. Women um, report that basically what I think is happening there is that womanhood is related to motherhood. So women can only be judged by society by how well they mother. So if they don't have any children, we can't judge them. So I think that it's more stigmatised for women. But from my research, men are also reporting that they're getting negative um, comments from society. And this becomes more apparent as the men age and it becomes more apparent that they're not going to have children. And it's worse for men who have chosen not to have children rather than men who are unable to have children for whatever reason. It's mm, mm, interesting. And, and as a society, uh, do you think we're becoming more accepting of the child-free households? Uh, I know the Australian Bureau of Statistics say it is increasing and I guess we all know that the traditional family model is changing, but uh, do you think we're becoming more accepting? I think people are becoming more accepting, but very, very slowly. And I think the problem is, is that society is moving faster than societal acceptance is moving. So but what I mean by that is that they're becoming more people child-free or childless more quickly than society can accept that. So society needs to sort of really catch up with what's happening in the real world because people without children who choose not to have children, not the childless, but the child-free, people who choose not to have children aren't going to change their minds just because parents don't like it. And from your research, did you see a lot of the child-free people, they were still happy with their decision or, or did some of them regret their decision? Yeah, some of them did regret their decision when they were older uh, and that's some research I'm also going into in the near future that what actually is the level of regret. So anecdotally what I've discovered is that some people do regret their, deci their decision later in life, the, the child-free. This is a small percentage of people and it's not really... Um, I can't tell whether the regret is long-lasting or whether it's fleeting. So maybe it's just I caught them on a bad day Maybe it's hormonal, maybe they were hangry, maybe it's just a passing thing because I know sometimes parents probably regret having children, but it, clearly it's passing, you know, it's, it's not a long-term thing. And I think that's the same thing for people who are child-free. The people who are child-free in my research that expressed regret were all women and they were women who were single. So it's perhaps a loneliness factor coming into play there as well. One of the men I've already spoken to on who's going to be on the show who is child free one of his concerns was that uh when he gets older he's sort of worried who will look after him i guess was that something that came up in your study as well yep that's something that comes up in the study as well sometimes people do worry about who's going to look after them but people are becoming more proactive in dealing with that now at an early age before it becomes an issue so what a lot of people are doing is building a community around themselves as a like the old days when we used to talk over the fence to people. So they're building a community of people who don't have children around them. So they might not live in the same house, but they still support each other on a social level when they're older. So everyone can sort of think, well, we haven't seen Bob for a while. We better give him a call and make sure he's okay and, and that sort of thing. And um, when they become unwell, they know they've got a, a community of people they can draw upon to help them out with, with health issues. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And and are, are there still a few myths, I guess, about child-free people in society? 
Actually, one of the biggest myths is, is that if you don't have a child, you've actually chosen not to have a child. That's the biggest thing at the moment, that people assume that you, if you don't have a child, it's by choice, and that's not always true. Um, there's other myths such as you'll, you will regret it later, you'll be lonely later, you haven't met the right person yet, you'll change your mind later, you mustn't like children. <laughs> you know, there's, there's lots of myths out there about why people don't have children. I think that's sort of covered, you know, what, what I wanted to cover. Is there anything you'd like to add, Bronwyn? Um, no, but the only thing I'd, I'd like to add as a sort of a wrap-up really is that society seems very, very um, preoccupied by other people's reproductive organs and that maybe we should just leave everybody alone. You know, we're all adults here. We can all make our own choices. So maybe everybody should just back off and, <laughs> and let people who want to be parents, let them be parents and let people who don't want to be parents, don't be parents. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's very well said and... Uh... I'm sure that hopefully we see it become more accepted as as your own personal choice and that's all that matters. Yep, hopefully we will. Hopefully in my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remembered the other thing that you might think is important as well is that most research in people who don't have children is done by people who don't have children themselves and so they're accused of pushing their own barrow. I actually have children So I am not pushing my own barrow. I'm just trying to understand life in in the eyes of somebody who doesn't have children. Some great ideas, research and thoughts, Bronwyn. Thank you. What I've learnt tonight is that society is full of different people and there is nothing wrong with not being a dad. I think there is somewhat of a pressure to settle down and start a family, even if it's just the pressure you put on yourself to follow the norms, but the norms may be changing. I think one concern is having regrets later in life, whether that's about being a dad or not. Focusing on regrets isn't healthy. And if you build enough social connections, hopefully you won't have to worry about who is going to look after you in your old age. I think we need to understand that there are differences in society for a multitude of reasons, whether that is religion, lifestyle, beliefs, sexual orientation, or if you're a dad or not. Not all men become fathers and that's okay. Just please don't be like Pope Francis who says not having children is selfish. Thanks to our three wonderful guests for giving me and hopefully all of you an insight in deciding not to be a dad. Let's crack into our last segment and polish up the show. Hey, do you think your dad's funny? No. No? No, no way. Yeah, not really. No. Hey, do you think your dad's funny? Oh, no. No, no way. Oh? No. Not really. (laughs) No. No way. No. 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 Not particularly. (laughs) Does your dad think he's funny? Of course. Yes. Yeah, he really does. Yes, I think he thinks he's hilarious. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Does your dad think he's funny? Yeah, he does. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, yep. Doesn't every dad? Yes. Yes. Yes! Is your dad a fashionista? What's that? A fashionista. He loves his fedora. Oh, yes. Aren't they all? He thinks he is. No way. Nah, he dresses lame. Certainly not. No way, Jose. Jeans and joggers every day. A Crocs cool? Hell no. He tries to be. Oh, he thinks he does. Nah. 
Does your dad say things that annoy you? Every day. Almost every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah, actually, quite regularly. Yeah. Every day. Always. Yeah. Uh, does your dad say things that annoy you? Yeah, quite regularly. Yeah. Yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now tonight, no dads on the show. But that's never stopped me telling dad jokes. I still asked our guests if they have any dad traits or remember some of their own fathers. A go-to dad joke. I know my dad, looking at my dad, he has certain words and phrases that he will use that have come to mean something within his family. And I would have loved to have had that, a, a range of stupid phrases or jokes or shorthand that would mean something to my family. For instance, you know, Dad always says, you know, is there a film on the TV? And he knows it's pronounced film, but he'll say film. If there's, a, uh, we've had pets, and if they're barking, he will describe that pet as a no-good varmint, as if he's watching some old Western film. And these little things sort of, over t- First, you don't notice them. Then you get to be sick and tired of them as a teenager. And then when you're an adult, you sort of think, ah, these are the silly little quirks that make dad dad. Favourite dad joke? Oh, I think the thing that always made me laugh about my dad is, you know, falling asleep on the couch and, and then, you know, almost mid-conversation and then saying, oh, it's just resting my eyes, you know. <laughs> I wasn't asleep. And then, you know. Any dad fashion that... Your dad was guilty of. Oh, look, dad was a, a, you know, a big fan of uh, socks and sandals, so, you know, <laughs> I think that, that was uh, one of his trademarks. As far as um, dad fashion go, I'm not uh, averse, and this is just between you and I, of course, between, uh, I'm not averse to wearing Crocs with socks, so I think that's pretty dad-like. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that is, I think I have, uh, on an earlier episode, I did extensively look at the Sock sandal combination. <laughs> I didn't realise it was such. A... Oh, the other thing is, I had been outed as someone who has a very high waistline on their jeans, you know, or pants. So yes, I am prone to a high waistline, and sometimes combined with a croc and sock combo. Oh no! Oh no! No one would know you weren't a dad, Brett. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I enjoyed hearing that Brett was happy to admit wearing the socks, sandals and high-waist jeans combo. I'm looking forward to the poll at the end of the season for the most common answers. Uh, We saw some age-old and similar answers from our guests just then. Sounds like Brett would be very incognito wandering around a playground, school or dad's group in the high-waisted jeans, sandals and socks which is actually sounding a bit creepy. Sorry. (laughs) Time to bring you my vintage out answers. Outro music, please. Dad joke joke of the week, and it's just one this week. I don't think there is a particular time and place for a dad joke, apart from dad joke of the week on father figures, of course, but a favourite place for dads seems to be in the confinement of a car. Long, gruelling road trips where dad jokes can't be ignored or escaped. Trapped in the car and dad leans over the back seat, driving past the cemetery. This is a timeless one. Oh, that's the dad centre of the town. People are just dying to get in there. (laughs) Well, you can't get your own driver's licence till you're 18, 
Dad maybe starts telling that joke when you're six years old, one per car ride, and maybe you pass the cemetery once a week in the car with Dad. So my maths works out Dad has the opportunity to use that joke at least at least 624 times. My dadism is a pretty simple one. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. Applies to a lot of dad requests, take out the trash, eat your veggies, mow the lawn. This may have pissed you off during the teenage angsty, rebellious years, but I'd say dads have a point. Similar to Nike's catchphrase, just do it. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. Wrapping up with dad fashion, a classic piece tonight, and I think it's almost, I'm almost guiltier of the guiltier of these myself than my dad, and that's Hawaiian shirts. With the renaissance of the party shirt, these are becoming popular for lots of people in society, but we can't deny it, they originated with dads. A Hawaiian shirt is the perfect indication that the work week is over, it's five o'clock somewhere, and that it's dad's party time. But no matter how society views these festive shirts, you can be guaranteed wherever you find barbecues, beaches, or popular tourist destinations, there will be dads wearing these shirts wide open, flapping in the wind. And that's it. The 10th episode is done. Thank you to all our wonderful guests who helped me unpack a different theme tonight. And a big thank you to all my listeners. Don't forget to review the podcast before October to go in the running for a great prize. So far, user Lilypop15 is on track for victory, as she's the only one. And I enjoyed hearing her dad had cornflakes for brekkie. So, yeah, keep telling me what your dad enjoys in the morning. My dad loves wheat bix and boiling water. True story. To stay in the loop about the competition and the show, head to facebook.com slash figures. You can find the podcast there or by searching Farter Figures on iTunes or sin.org.au. As for next week, no idea what's happening. Just tune in next Wednesday at 7.30pm on Sin Nation to find out. I'll leave you with sex symbol and musical icon George Michael singing Father Figure from his solo album Faith. Now this song came out before he did and is about the relationship of a heterosexual couple, but I think it's basically about love. George Michael wasn't a dad, and straight, gay, or childless, the language is consistent. Enjoy, and don't forget, tell your dad, tell your friends, tell your dad's friends, and tell your friend's dad. It's Victor's dad. You've been listening to another episode of Father Figures on Sin Nation. 